All right, guys, the, we are back. This episode is one of those episodes you've been waiting for a long time, more than likely, depending on who you are, if you how closely you've been following along. This is the summary episode of the first ever Yakin' from Bass Challenge. If this is your first time listening to us, guys, then you don't know what we're talking about, but we'll bring you up to date as we go. But I'm so thankful for that you guys are here and glad to have you. My name is Walt, and this podcast is all about the outdoor experience. We talk hunting, fishing, outdoor adventures. We bring you tales and adventures from all over the, the country, sometimes from across the globe. And we just bring it to you in the hope that it inspires you to get outside, get outdoors, and go just that little bit more by being energized by these stories. And this podcast is a reflection of that. During this challenge, we had a boatload of people reach out and say, guys, we have had so much fun this summer fishing, buying kayaks for something we didn't even think we were interested in, and then we had a blast, or I fished more this year than I ever have in the summertime when I didn't think I actually, quote-unquote, had the time. We did exactly what we hoped with this was and built a small community of bass fishermen that went out across the country, no matter your skill set, and had a blast doing it. So I'm sorry you missed out on that, the the past month's activities, but we're going to do it again next year, and I hope you'll join us. But I am joined by my world-famous co-host, Chase Purple Rain Prince. Dude, how are you doing, and how are you feeling post-tournament? Woo, man, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I can say that I definitely felt the grind of a 30-day fishing tournament, (laughs) for sure. I probably have a lot of sleep I need to catch up on. People have been telling me that I look tired. You told me before <laughs> when we got on here that I sound tired. And it's probably because I am tired. Uh, I put in a lot of hours. I did some night fishing here and there. And I just don't feel like I've got quite caught up. And it's just, I didn't realize that like the strain of like a month-long tournament. Because <laughs> when you have like a day tournament, it's but it's over that day. You did what you did that day. But then yeah. when you talk about you start on day one, which I didn't get to fish the last day because I had to work, but you fish basically for 30 days straight. Not not saying that I fished every day, but I tried to get out as much as I possibly could. And that also took me getting up two or three hours earlier than I normally would to make sure I could get out and at least fish a few hours in the morning time, maybe before work or just other obligations that I had. So I'm, I'm definitely feeling it. Um, and I hope that next year I'll get to do it all over again because it was definitely worth it. And I, I really enjoyed the tournament and getting to talk with a lot of the guys and seeing a bunch of people talk about it on Facebook, making posts. And it seemed like everybody that I saw had a great time. So to me, that made this tournament all worth it. And it made me keep going out and keep fishing. And like you said, I fished more this month than I probably have in the last, I don't know, five or six years worth in the summertime. Um, so that's where I'm at right now, man. How how are you doing from this month-long grind? Dude, I am thoroughly gassed. <laughs> I, you know, when we started this thing, I, I told you, and I think I said it on the podcast, I was so thrilled to find something to be competitive at. You know, you and I are like hyper-competitive people, I think, at our core, and, and, you know, competing with a whitetail, that's one thing. But competing and taking your your, your outdoor skills and, and, and just stacking them up against other people across the country, dude, that lit a fire in me. I, I, I've probably been the least productive I've ever been at work. I hope they're not listening to this episode. I have spent less time sleeping. I have been watching YouTube. I have signed up for Bass UTV, and I've just been binging their content. I bought a fish finder. I mean, like, Y'all, I went so hard, and I I had an absolute blast. I learned so much, and I can honestly tell you right now, I don't know about you, Chase, but there's no way I'm going to stop doing these bass fishing tournaments. Maybe I'll I'll enter them once I can, you know, land some bigger fish than what I had, but, um, dude, I had a blast. I just, it was so much fun talking smack with all the creators and and getting out there, and I tried a lot of new ways to catch fish this uh, this month and last month, and I felt like it challenged me to grow as an angler. So I had a blast, dude. But I am I'm like you. I'm going into like a five day weekend for the Fourth of July, and I'm gonna veg because <laughs> I'm cast, dude. I'm just I'm thoroughly throttled, dude. I did all my so for people who are listening to this and they don't know. 
my temp my lakes are so heavily pressured during the day and they're so hot that I resorted to the last two weeks of the of the month exclusively fishing at night, which means I go and do my day job and then I go out and I fish until like two or three in the morning and then you know I either go back to work or it's the weekend and I get up and I still have stuff to do around the house. So I have been burning the midnight oil and uh, it's time to rest. It's, it, I'm I'm glad that we don't have another one another tournament starting this month because I'd be I'd be <laughs> throttled. <laughs> yeah, but the thing with this tournament is is you know pretty much a lot of the people in the tournament. Yes. So it makes you want to go that much harder. Like if I signed up for like the Florida month long kayak fishing tournament, right, and didn't right. know any of those people, wasn't trying to impress anybody, then I probably wouldn't fish as much. I would still go out and try to catch fish, but I don't think I would have put as much effort into one of those tournaments as I did for this particular tournament, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was definitely some accountability there, you know? And, and the idea that the majority of these people listen to us, probably. I think right. we had some stragglers that saw this and just signed up because they, they wanted to be in a tournament. But I think there's a lot of people in this tournament and in that Facebook group that obviously know the podcast. So there was like a little bit of accountability there too, you know, cause we go out there and put these bold predictions, which we'll get to in a minute, but you put all that stuff out there and you know, you kind of have to back it up. And if you don't, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to know, you know, so yeah. Or, um, or rag you for it. I mean, or rag you fishing's for it. Fishing's fishing. Yeah. No, no matter, <laughs> no matter how yeah, you that's cut true. it. Yeah. <laughs> Even the best anglers go out and have bad days, bad tournaments. Yeah, Even Kevin well, Van Dam doesn't make the cut sometimes, so right. it's 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 one of them things. But yeah, it it was oh, one of those. Man, things that makes me feel a feel... lot better about my performance now that you said that. The <laughs> fact that Kevin Van Dam so Van Dam doesn't sometimes uh, make the cut because yeah, I sure as hell did not make the cut this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into like the actual what happened of the tournament, I feel like we should go over some numbers from the tournament. And we should uh, then cover our bold predictions, and that can be our lead to uh, into what happened during the tournament for us and, and what we learned from it. What do you think about that? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's uh, let's okay. announce the winner. I mean, I think we're we should... gonna. Yeah, you want to do that first? Okay. Yeah, let's just go ahead and put it out there. Who who won the Yakin for Bass Challenge? Yeah. So this guy's is a a incredibly close race amongst three fishermen from three different states but Anthony Winkleman and all these guys were separated by a quarter of an inch literally first to second second to third they were all separated by exactly a quarter of an inch but the winner of the first ever yakking for bass challenge is Anthony Winkleman out of Kentucky congratulations sir you registered 102.5 inches of fish and they were just giant fish it was incredible congratulations to you buddy yeah congrats he it seemed like he got that lead kind of early and just he was did. able to hold on to it for the duration of the tournament. Some people got yeah. close. They were <laughs> nipping at his heels for sure. Yeah. But it, at the yeah. end of the day, it didn't matter. I guess it doesn't – if you post your 102 inches the first day or the last day, it really right. doesn't matter uh, until that the clock struck midnight uh, on June 30th. <laughs> And I think it's awesome that, you know, he wins it out of Kentucky. Second place, Andy Thompson uh, brings it home from Georgia for second place. And Lane Baker from PA, you know, we talked about a lot about how the Northern boys felt like they may have had a disadvantage. Well, here's a PA dude getting it done 102 inches. He only missed out on first place by a half inch of fish. So, um, and he beat out. Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, just reading down the guys that are behind them. I mean, it was a good mix of Southern states in there, and he beat them out. So congratulations, dude. And I guess we ought to go ahead and announce the winner of the creators because as much as you guys are fishing against us and against each other, the creators were jockeying for first place amongst the creators because no one thought they'd win the tournament, I don't think. But, but we definitely knew there would be a pecking order to the creators. Um, Chase, would you like to announce what creator got first in this tournament? <laughs> well, I'd, it's kind of hard when you have to announce your own name for the creators. But Chase <laughs> well, Prince well, from Chase and Tails Outdoors <laughs> Podcast took home the creator number one spot. And yeah, I was in the top ten. So I was actually eighth overall, Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I – consider a win for myself because i yeah i remember at some point saying 
I think in one of our podcasts that if I I would end up somewhere between eighty five and ninety ish inches. Yep. And I ended up with eighty nine point two five or something. Yep. So I was pretty dang close to what I thought my total would be uh for this first tournament, which oh yeah. Was awesome and it was oh I mean I and I same thing with me. I kind of took the lead there at the end with what about ten days left or something, yep. nine or ten yep. days, and I'm like, ah man, that's that's not gonna last. And I mean, I kept going out hardcore. I mean, I was like, there's no way that number's gonna stand. I'm gonna have to keep going out, keep searching for an upgrade, and it seemed like every fish I was catching was just that half inch, quarter inch below what yep. you needed for an upgrade. Sure. It was killing me. Um, at that point, and I was like, "Well, one of these guys are going to come in and catch." Because they didn't, I wasn't, I didn't win by much. I think I beat Parker by an inch uh, at the end, and then I beat uh, Charles by like an inch and a half or yep. something along those lines. So I had some people definitely. The creators kind of stacked up there at like eight or eight, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, or something like that. There was it's there was exactly, like a stack yeah. of us in that area, but it was cool to win. Uh, and to bring it home for Chasing Tails because that's kind of what we were hoping for is for Chasing yeah. Tails to be able to bring home some type of hardware. <laughs> Although, as a group, we didn't necessarily no. win the, no. <laughs> the the creators, but uh, it was good. I mean, like I said, I've definitely put in the time and effort. Uh, you, you know that as well as anybody, yeah. and I told people that I was going to put in the time and effort to uh, at least have a chance. I... I Going into it, I did not think I was going to win for the creators, to be honest with you. I was like, I think I'll be in the mix, but I never thought that I would win, per se. Um, but it was good. It was good to win. And I can only tell you that between now and next year, <laughs> I'm going to have gone to so many different places <laughs> to scout <laughs> and find more fish. My goal next year is to be Team 100. That That's my goal and to help and to compete for the top to to win the yeah. challenge itself. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah, that's going to sure. be the goal for next year. Uh I think that is obtainable if I put in the time and get to know some of these other lakes around the house. Sure. And maybe a little bit further away even if I have to travel a couple hours because my my top fish actually came from Lake Seminole. So yeah. when I when we went to Lake Seminole for I fished basically an evening and a morning time and somehow yeah. got my my top fish. So I think next year I definitely have to put in some more time in some other spots for sure. Well, we'll hang on to that thought because I want to end this by like us reflecting on the tournament a little okay. bit. So don't go down that path too far. Yeah. But one of the things people wanted to know was some of the numbers behind the tournament. What was the participation like? How many states did people come from? And I've compiled that for everybody. We had anglers from 17 different states. We had 52 anglers total. Uh, register for this tournament with an average of 10.2 fish entered per angler. That's mind-blowing. That's that's incredible. That's the participation level that I had dreamed and aspired for, and you guys delivered on that, and I'm just so glad that you guys did. To, to give you an idea of the quality of fish that were caught, this thing was super top-heavy, guys. Um, uh, well, not top heavy so much as that, that everybody caught a lot of fish. So first, second, third broke a hundred inches, but you have to go all the way down to 17th place to get below 80 inches, which I just think is awesome. There was just a lot of talent in this group. A lot of guys getting out there doing it. And I know that some of these guys like Austin and Charles, um, especially Austin, his wife took him under his wing and coached him up. And showed him how to catch some good fish. And there was a genuine progression for a lot of these guys. Whether they called out some like 10 and 11 inch dink or, uh, dink, um, dinks. Uh, and, and, and you saw that progression happen throughout the tournament. So I appreciate you guys uh, participating. I think uh, next year we're going to blow this thing out of the water. Yeah, no doubt. I feel like that we had 52 people sign up. Um, yeah. Obviously some of them told us at the get-go that they probably weren't going to get out and fish. They just wanted to yep. be a part of the tournament, the experience, yep. give some money kind of towards conservation. And then one of my buddies, I mean, he just got swamped for the month of June. Yep. He went to Texas. He went to Virginia. Uh, he had something else come up. So he just had a lot of stuff come up. And then yep. he didn't go at like the first week or two, but he didn't wasn't planning on doing one of those trips. So he's like, oh, I'm going to be able to get out the last week or, or so. And just stuff came up. So he wasn't able to get out uh, to fish. But he's still he's still planning on doing it next year. He just wasn't able to get out this year sure. uh, to happens. do it. And I feel yeah. like that we've got 
may, maybe some buy-in from some other people as well, maybe some other yep. creators, um, some YouTube people and stuff like that that are planning yep. on fishing it next year. So I'm, I'm hoping that we just blow it out of the water next year. And who knows, maybe we can even hit like 100 people fishing in this That's tournament. That's my goal. Which would, be, which would be fantastic. That's my goal. So we, just so it's out there now, I want to hit 100 people next year. I think there's no reason why we can't. If everybody who's in this tournament tells one friend and signs them up, we can break a hundred, and I just think you know the the amount of money we can give to conservation, the money we can give back to to you guys, uh, because of that, it all just continues to grow exponentially. And um, I'm just I'm thrilled with the turnout we had. I'm not upset by any means, of, uh, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Fifty two anglers signed up for this. I mean that's that's epic. So yeah, that was. Well, what do you say we move on to uh, Eaton Crow? We made uh, three bold predictions each. Yeah, and uh, I feel like it's time, it's the reckoning. It's time for us to uh, touch on those three bold predictions each and see if any of them came to fruition. So, guys, we are going to read these off and go through them in the event that you didn't, uh, you, you know, you're just joining us now or you weren't a part of those episodes or you missed them because in that month we cranked out a boatload of episodes. I think it was like nine <laughs> episodes we cranked out in the month of May. Right. Well, we were actually planning on putting out more this month, kind of doing some yeah. more updates, but I think we just both got into the zone of fishing and just podcasts were put on the yeah. back burner for a little bit. Well, and there's, there's a fair amount of work that goes into judging all this stuff for you and I, you know, there's oh, a yeah. lot of feedback and, you know, we had a lot of non-pro anglers or first tournament anglers. So there was a little more outreach where it's like, Hey, you know, we're not going to call this 13 inch fish. We're not going to reject it, but you know, this is what you need to do the next time. And that dialogue builds. And then we have to pick winners. It, there was a learning curve for us that went beyond just being fishermen, you know, hosting a tournament was a little more work than we expected. Right. And but we managed it well. And yes, y'all didn't get the weekly updates, but uh, next year we're going to have all this stuff ironed out ahead of time. And uh, I'm going to pull in some more judges, I think, uh, from for the next tournament so that that workload's a little more even. Yeah, yeah, um, no doubt. So, Chase, I'm going to start with mine because I feel like okay. I performed the worst across the board in this tournament. I said Greg's biggest fish will not come on a Senko. <laughs> boy was i wrong his biggest fish was 22.75 inches it was a 17 pound fifth i'm sorry a seven pound 15 <laughs> ounce yeah, it was a big fish seven pound 15 ounce bass that measured 22.75 it dwarfed his next largest fish which was a 16.5 <laughs> right. so that's a swing and a miss right there and we were both I, there for that fish which was awesome yeah yeah i mean yeah, i was, was within awesome. like casting distance of that, of that whole of that whole thing going down yeah yeah it, i mean it's on youtube guys so plug yeah. for g2 outdoors um go check out his youtube channel he's got that on his lake Seminole youtube channel and it is a monster fish yeah it was i i put my neck out there for you adam cruz and you let me down i said that adam would outfish parker from the southern ground podcast adam didn't even measure in like the top 25 top 30 did he register five fish Adam Cruz was in the top 30 with uh, 49 inches of fish. I don't fish. think he did. He may have. Yeah, I think he did actually do five fish. There were yeah, just a couple. No, he of, only uh, got four. Oh, okay. He only got four. Yeah. I thought he just had yeah. a couple small ones. But, I mean, as a Tennessee fan, he's used to coming up short, so it's okay. That's true. Um, and he didn't get out that much. Let's... He didn't. No, he had he to work. He was man. one of those that said he'd he'd donate to the cause and, yeah. and get out there if it he It was could. still fun. He was still interacting and yeah. everything else. It was great. Uh, it didn't stop him from talking smack. No, it didn't. <laughs> my last one has said that chasing tails will beat every platform by 15 inches now i'll be honest with you we weren't far from this um if if i had pulled my weight early on and if austin hadn't suddenly become a freaking pro at the tail end we would have beaten the kings of the north uh the whitetail distraction podcast but they managed to close the gap late and i couldn't manage to land any of the fish that i was hooking into so um I, I whiffed on my three. Chase, what, what about you? Did you? Any of yours come to pass? No, none of mine came to pass. I think I said that we would beat the whitetail distraction guys by 20 inches. Yeah. I think they beat us by like 10 or 15 inches. Yeah, they did. Because <laughs> somebody <laughs> in our group uh, was, was Couldn't pull lacking just a little bit. <laughs> I believe oh, I said that I would catch like a 25-inch bass, which I didn't even come close to. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, these were bold predictions. It's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not like they're they're almost like mythical things. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Hot this, takes. Yeah, exactly. 
And then I can't even – what was my third? Oh, I said, said that Greg would beat Parker. That was my third prediction. Which did That he? was kind of close. Yeah, it was. You're right. No, Parker Parker eked it out. Um, right. Let's see. It was about a – yeah, about an and inch I don't know and how much Greg. I don't know how much fishing Greg did after he caught that big lunker <laughs> of a fish because no, that was definitely yeah. a game-changing fish <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Was. Oh, yeah. Well, it upgraded it upgraded a seventeen and a half inch fish, so that added almost five inches to his to his tally. Yeah, yeah, so, no doubt. You know, no doubt. But yeah, they're they're bold predictions for a reason, and I'm sure yeah. <laughs> I'm sure my predictions will be even bolder <laughs> next next time we do it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I, I've got no doubt. You and I will be talking talking <laughs> smack hardcore. <laughs> no doubt. Oh man. Well, I think that's all the housekeeping that we have to do. Um, Guys, if you were hoping that we were going to announce prizes this episode, we have to sort out the drawings. We are recording this literally right after the tournament ends, and we just need a little more time to sort all that out. But we will announce that no later than Monday of next week, the winners. I can I can give you that uh, assurance. So this episode should drop uh, July 1st or 2nd. By Monday of the following week, we will have the winners out there. We'll contact you guys and get that stuff out to you. Chase, I think the only way, the only fitting way to end this episode is to discuss our tournaments, share our stories, which is something that a lot of people have requested from us, and kind of reflect back on the tournament and what we will do differently moving forward. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. You want to go first or you want me to lead? Uh, You can go first. Okay. All right. So, guys, I barely was able to submit five fish this tournament. Um, I am not at all happy with how my performance came out. Now, I don't mean that in like I'm losing sleep over it now because the tournament's over and it is what it was. It was a, it was an amazing learning experience. But you know, I had two. Uh, my biggest fish was 18 and a quarter. Everything else was 14 or smaller, including two fish that didn't even break like 12 inches. Um, so while I eked out 69 inches, uh, I, I fell way short of my expectations for myself, and a lot of that was self-inflicted. So. Um, I think I talked briefly on one of these episodes, uh, during the tournament where I said, you know, I was doing a lot of fishing on a deep water lake, Lake Talquin, and that requires a certain skill set that just can't be like lucked into. You're fishing brush piles in 20 feet of water, you're fishing ledges and, and, you know, I had to upgrade and buy some, some, um, uh, so, uh, fish finders and whatnot so I could, you know, try and get out there and get after those fish. And I wasted like the first 10 days or more between uh, an abundance of rain here and then fishing that lake thinking that I could maintain the pattern that I had while I was there out there the month before. Well, May was record breaking hot for us and that water got hot. Those fish went deep and I just couldn't catch them. So luckily Chase convinced me to change course and a guy named Andy Thompson reached out and gave me some hot tips on how to catch fish around here. And in the first, I'd say, yeah, the first 10 days after that, I was hooking into some amazing fish, but I was I was forced to fish some some very dense cover, and that dense cover came with a high risk of not landing those fish. I lost no less than eight fish that would have upgraded all my other four fish. Um, I lost at least five fish that would have probably upgraded my 18-inch fish, um, a lot of which I lost like somewhere between six to, to four feet from the boat, just trying to, to get that fish that was flailing in, you know, lip that fish and get it into the boat. And the lesson there was just get a damn net. <laughs> so I, I bought a net, but weirdly, and you commented on this weirdly at, you know, the last, I don't know, week or so of the tournament, dude, the fishing just quit. Like the, or the, the bite just quit. Like there was nothing to be had. You couldn't get a bite if you wanted to. Um, so by the time I had upgraded my equipment and I'd thrown some like 65 pound braid on there so that I could just horse them out of, out of that area. Once I'd gotten a net, I couldn't buy a bite. In fact, the last two, three nights I went fishing, um, night fishing, I didn't get a single, a single bite. And that was, that was, uh, demoralizing to say the least, because I should have been up there in the 80 inches, Mark, you know, I should have been up there, you know, mid eighties, um, but, uh, you know, this, this is a first tournament. You learn some new things, um, and you, you work out the kinks. So to have placed 69 inches and to have fished all the different body, I didn't fish a familiar body of water after Lake Talquin. It was all like run and gun bass fishing, like 
Google search. This is what people say they can fish. Let's go. Let's go try it and see if we can make it happen. So I managed to eke out three more fish and you know put five on the board, and I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I am glad to say um, that my biggest fish came while night fishing with my little brother for the first time. It was the first fish that I landed, and when he sucked that bait down, dude, it sounded like a, a whale had come up and smashed that frog. I set that hook and, and scooted that fish across the surface and got him in the boat. And the whole time I'm going, dude, this is like a 15-inch fish. This is awesome. This is a 15-inch fish. And Duncan's looking at me. He's like, dude, that's a much bigger fish than the 15 inches. And in the dark, this is the best part about night fishing. In the dark, every fish looks smaller than it really is. <laughs> right. Because, you, you know, you just don't have very good, you know, eyesight until you cut on that, that, that headlamp. Um, and, and I'm glad to say the one highlight that I have from this tournament is that I've got an old-time fishing buddy. And now I'm talking, goes back seven years. His name's Derek Varnum. He talks a mad smack during this tournament. He has never in seven years, Chase, he has not in seven years ever beat me in any of our gentlemen's tournaments that we've had where we fish together. And I'm and I'm both proud and reluctant to say that, that Derek has finally topped me. He landed 79.5 fish. Most of those fish were upgrades late in the tournament. He was out there grinding late. But there was one thing that even he would tell you that I still managed to do, despite all the trouble that I had during this tournament. He has never caught a bigger fish than me, and he could have. But he didn't follow the rules when he submitted it, and it cost him a couple inches. So I still have in this tournament the largest fish on record, and that is the... That is the uh, like shining light on the horizon. That's that's my silver lining to this <laughs> to this tournament is that I still managed to catch a bigger fish than Derek, even though he beat me. So overall, good thing, but you know, a little frustrated. Yeah, no doubt. Well, thinking back now, you obviously said that you probably need to needed to get a net. It was one thing yeah. that you need to do differently. You said you upgraded some of your line and tackle hooks and whatnot just to be able to not to be able to horse them fish in basically uh, while you're fishing in the thick stuff yep okay so now say the tournament hasn't started yet and you got day one knowing what you know now what what would you do what what would be oh you're saying like like this is june 1st again all over again yes tomorrow's june 1st but you know what you know now for what you just went through Oh man, I, without a shadow of a doubt, I'd obviously have the net on me at all times. I, I might even get a longer net, like maybe one that stretches out a little bit, like maybe five or six feet, um, because that seems to be like the angle of the rod and the fish. You start to kind of lose leverage on those fish once they get close to the kayak, unlike if you were on a bass boat where you can kind of like, you're up a little higher, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I would almost exclusively night fish again. I don't think I would fish during the day again, with the exception of some of these like spring fed rivers around here. They seem to provide some pretty consistent bites. Um, but I think I would f- fish almost exclusively large uh, paddle tail, boot tail um, swim baits and frogs top water. Um, and I think I would probably go to a heavy action rod with a 7 3 1 ratio. And the reason for that is. When you're in a kayak, everybody knows this has set in the, the hook into a big fish or got hung up on something. When you set the hook and it doesn't move, the kayak starts moving very, very quickly, way faster than it ever would in a boat. And I feel like a lot of times you lose some leverage. Like I feel like I equate it to people this way. A, a, a heavy action rod acts more like a medium heavy in a kayak because you lose that leverage when you set that hook when the when the kayak starts going towards that fish in that heavy cover you start to lose the backbone of that because you never quite can get the leverage and i think that that seven three ratio rod i think if you go any higher you're going to make it or seven three ratio real if you go any higher i feel like it it, the gears are going to get a little too difficult to like grind in while you're while you're horsing because you really can't let off on these fish because they're going under pads they're going under hydrilla and stuff like that i think i would go with a little faster rod or reel largely to get them out of that cover quickly but also to be able to recover line that you are taking on just from that kayak moving so i think i'd have a longer heavier action rod maybe like an extra fast action and a 731 uh reel for next year for sure okay cool yeah I don't think I'd fish any deep water. Uh, 
next year having like figured out Lake Talquin or something, maybe, but like knowing what I know, pure hindsight, I wouldn't touch Talquin. (laughs) (laughs) So, but right. I mean, that's, you know, and and the one thing I left out for you guys is I caught uh, a bycatch of this product. And I think this is why I left it out. I caught a personal best chain pickerel, um, 27 and a quarter, I think is what he was. Um, registered for the Big Catch program, so I have a, a, a citation uh, framed at, at work saying that you know I, I I qualified for the Big Catch program, which for a lot of people, if you don't know what that is, it's a um, it's kind of like Pope and Young for fish. They set certain records, certain thresholds, and if you get one above that, you can register it, get a certificate, get a decal, um, and they've got it for the the 33 different spe- species of fish in Florida that you can go after. So. Um, yeah that's a cool program that they do for sure yeah it was it was and and a little bit of nostalgia there for people that's a fish that my father and i used to go after uh and target little pygmy versions of them in the okie swamp there in southeast georgia so you know i was having a really bad day i had just dropped my phone in the lake and had to get down to the bottom <laughs> and get it um <laughs> which was fun and an adventure in of itself but you know then to hook into that fish and get him that really kind of energized me for the first two weeks of that tournament where i was really struggling yeah, man. Well, I gotta commend you because you started off real slow. Like I was, yeah. I was real nervous. I'm like, all right, because it took you several weeks to get at least a fish on the board. You were sitting yeah. at zero for a while. And June June 21st was when I let, when I recorded my first fish. Oh wow! So three weeks of fishing, yeah. z- zero inches on the board, and I'm and I'm like, oh my goodness, what is he going to have to do? Because you you had lost some fish and had some issues, oh. same same type thing. Yep. But yep. when I finally saw that first fish, I was like, okay, all right. So now the pressure's off. Now he can kind of <laughs> go and. <laughs> methodically kind of go about his business he he doesn't have to press as much because you start pressing a little bit too much you You do you you kind of get to where okay i'm just going to do this or i'm just going to do that or i'm or maybe you're you're casting to spots like faster than you normally would because you're you're Mm -hmm. you're pressing or you're setting the hook on everything even if it's not a bite (laughs) (laughs) but you stuck it out you kept grinding you ended up putting 69 inches on the board um, I'm proud of you for that because, like I said, you could have given up. <laughs> I mean, you could have just said, hey, man, I'm done with fishing. It's over here. I, but I knew you wouldn't do that anyways in the first place because I know what kind of no. guy you are and what kind of competitor you are. But it was tough, and I was almost like, was like, well, who knows? I was like, he could go out one of these nights and have a awesome night and then put up 80 inches or something. I, in the back of my head, I kept going, he could bit up between 80 and 90 inches one night on some of these fish that he says he's hooking into but just having issues getting in. The kayak. Yeah, yeah. So I never, I never, uh, I never lost hope. I knew that you would eventually <laughs> get a fish on the board. You throw enough lines in the water, eventually yeah. something's coming in that kayak. So I, I got to say, I'm proud of you for sticking it out for that, and that showed just what kind of character you have and what kind of person you are by by doing that. So yeah, well, thank you, um, man. I appreciate the kind words. You know, yeah, I think I had a lot of people like scared almost. Because they started talking smack about me not catching fish, and then I had a lot of people asking me like, "Hey man, when are you gonna up, when are you gonna dump your live well? Like when are you gonna dump your live well?" As if like I was just <laughs> like I was hustling everybody, you know? Right. Like nobody could believe that I was going 21 inches. In fact, Derek like the not the very last night of the tournament, he he kept he kept calling me. He's like, "You're gonna upload your, your live well?" I was like, "Dude, I don't have any fish in the live well." I don't believe you, man. You you like to fool around with people, man. There's no way you're gonna let me win this tournament. So it, it seemed like more people had confidence in me than I did myself. <laughs> right. <but. laughs> well, and you had, and you definitely had some people rooting for you too. Who, oh yeah, they were going out and saying, "Come on, man, you got this, you got this." Uh, so it, it was a good combination of both. It was. It was, yeah, no, it was, it was the perfect combination. Honest to God, the camaraderie in this group between the t- the smack talking and and the the the, the, the second place uh, finisher in the tournament helped me get on my fish. I mean, you know that that's right. that's incredible. The fact that he would risk that because at one point he was first. You know, he yeah. he took he he overtook Anthony there. I'd say like the 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 mid third of the tournament, and he was still you know like well maybe you should try this cough 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 you know like right <laughs> exactly so, um, you know but. Yeah. So, what about you, man? What What are your your th- your thoughts looking back hindsight? What would you do differently? What do you want to? Sh- what stories you want to share with everybody? Wow. I mean, what a month! It seemed like it was 
the longest month of the the year and maybe the shortest month of the year at the same time. You know what I mean? Like for a while yeah. I was like, man, this tournament's got to end at some point. And then I'm like, do we still got a week left? <laughs> it was just it was just one of them weird deals. Like I say, 30 days, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around 30 days when you've never done like a 30-day tournament. And especially when you get a lead and you're looking at the thing going, oh my God, there's still 10 days left. I've still got to keep going out there <laughs> grinding um, every single day because I know everyone else is. And I didn't realize how much, how competitive some of these guys were that we were fishing against because they definitely weren't just like, okay, I'm going to fish like once or twice a week and that'll be it. Like to come to find out they're fishing like four or five times a week. They're going at night, like not even knowing that they're going, um, they were fishing. So it was good to, I kind of suspected maybe that was going on. So I definitely kept going out and fishing. Um, some of the highlights of the 30 days long, the Highlight number one is getting to fish with you on Lake Taquin the first day. Yeah. And uh, Luke from uh, Fishing with Norm. I mean, that was yep. that was a great day. Good highlight. Heck, I put up, I was, I ended up being, I believe, the first person to register a fish for the tournament, which I thought was awesome, um, through the app. So that was kind of cool. Uh, I caught, I think I caught like 60 inches on Lake Taquin the first day, which was yep. Pretty much total luck, but hey, I, I went to the old June bug worm, <laughs> wait, <laughs> weightless, weightless yep. and caught some fish, which was awesome. Um, and that that was just a good day. I mean, it was good to go out, get to fish with you. I wish we could have gotten together more at uh, during the tournament, but I think next year we'll probably be able to get together Definitely. more. Uh, we'll just have to just go out and say, hey, let's let's meet up here, and that that's what we'll do. Yeah, and we did get to fish one other time. Uh, together in the evening for a very short yep. short amount of time but that was one of the highlights of getting to fish with you fishing i never set foot on lake talquin um, and then i happened to see like a congo line of like 10 to 11 foot gators <laughs> going across <laughs> the lake and i was i was a little yeah. eerie about that but yeah they they stayed away they they went they just stayed in the center and just were out yep perusing around or whatever get doing gator stuff they were being gators man um which is <laughs> awesome um if, yeah. if might add but <laughs> the next highlight would be fishing Lake Seminole, another place I have never fished before. Yeah. Got to go fish with you, Greg Godfrey, uh, one of uh, Greg's good buddies, Brett. I mean, that yep. that was an awesome time. I, I put up my, my biggest fish of the tournament was caught on that second morning at Lake Seminole, throwing a whopper plopper <laughs> out, <laughs> out. Uh, to this area near some docks and fish just absolutely crushed that thing, jumped out of the water like three or four feet. And I'm freaking wow. out going, oh my God, it's a, it's a good fish. It's a good fish. <laughs> Finally, I, I like hooked into a good fish and get the fish in. And thank God I got a picture of it when I did. Cause it, I, you hear so many times during this tournament where they've got the fish on the bump board and the fish just slips uh -huh. out of your hands, jumps out of the water. Um, so I, I barely, I, I got a, I got a picture with it before I measured it and then I took a picture of it measured and then it wasn't a split second later that sucker had done jumped out of the kayak and was gone forever. So I, I was glad that I was able to at least get, uh, that fish on the board. I think it was like 19 and a quarter inches was my biggest fish. And I really didn't do much else at like Seminole, but I really, uh, it was, it was a short amount of time to get there and sure. fish like an evening, yeah. never have even set foot on the lake and, and you're in a kayak. So you've got to paddle out and the lake was up. We had looked yeah. like the lake was up like three or four feet or something yep. Yep. Uh, because of all the rain and which is all never good for fishing dumps. And I mean, it was, it was just kind of weird. It was just something yeah. that I wasn't used to, but Hey, I was glad to, I was glad to get that one fish for sure. Um, I fished that morning and then I headed home. Uh, so it was good to, f I got to fish a couple of, I think I fished like three different bodies of water that I've never fished before. And I was able to catch fish on those uh, bodies of water. So to me, that's a highlight, getting to travel, getting to meet up with some of the guys. I hope we can do that more next year uh, as well is to maybe oh, yeah. like do like a meetup. Even, I think we were even talking about on the Facebook group of like maybe doing, finding out whatever like the central location is for everybody and possibly uh, doing like a meetup uh, for everybody to get together and fish uh, on a lake somewhere. But Having said that, I, I like I said, I caught a few fish here and there that were that I got to put on the board. I think I caught 
one of my fish was caught on like a whopper plopper, the number one. Second was caught <laughs> on a swim bait. Yep. Third, my third, my third and fourth, my third fish was caught on like just a weightless worm. Fourth was caught on Texas rig worm. And then I think my fifth fish was caught on the wacky rig, Cinco, Greg Godfrey style. Um, so I kind of <laughs> caught them on different <laughs> things. It wasn't like I caught all my fish on the exact same thing. Uh, and I fished, I went one day, which I thought was kind of cool. I did one of the time, one of the days that I went, I caught a fish on a crankbait. I caught fish on top water. I caught fish on worms. I caught fish on swim. So I was catching fish on all kinds of different baits, which to me, that was kind of rewarding in a sense to say, okay, I didn't just say I was going to be a worm guy or I didn't, I tried, I I threw the kitchen sink out there. You know what I mean? I didn't just say, okay, I'm just going to fish this way and that's it. I broadened my horizons. I got on a bunch of fish. I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell you how many fish I caught, but it was a bunch. I mean, there were several days where, and, and some of those were dinks. I mean, obviously uh, I wasn't catching, but I did catch a bunch that were just, they were just underneath my, my number five fish. I mean, I caught, I can't tell you how many fish I caught that were like a half inch under uh, what my bottom fish was. Right. But my best day, I went out and I think I got uh, three upgrades one day, but one of them, like I caught an upgrade and then like it wasn't two minutes later, I got rid of that upgrade by catching another upgrade. And then I went like five minutes later and then caught another upgrade. So I had like three upgrades, which was my final upgrades of the tournament uh, within like a 10 minute period, which was crazy. Um, the storm had come in where it was raining, stop raining, raining, stop raining. And the bite was on that whole morning. I mean, it was overcast. I caught a ton of fish. Um, like I said, I got three upgrades that day, uh, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So you can go out, you can go out there and get it done in one day. I mean, it's not that saying that you can't go out there and get it done in one day, but that whole month, like I said, is, is kind of a grind and you just got to keep going out because you don't know what's going to happen on that next cast. You know what I mean? No. That's all, that's what I kept thinking when I was out. I'm like, okay, this next cast is going to be it. This next cast is going to be it. <laughs> so it just, I never gave up. Like I stayed out there to the end. I kept casting thinking, okay, you're only, it's just a fish away. You, you just need to yep. get another upgrade. I, I never thought I was in it to win it, like in it to win the whole tournament, obviously, because I lost by 13 inches or whatever it was. But I definitely was always in the mix for the creator portion of the the tournament. So that kind of kept my drive in me sure. to keep going out there. And I, heck, I got a, I can say that I probably spent the most money <laughs> out of anybody <laughs> during this tournament. I upgraded my kayak uh, to the Slayer Propel 10. Um, I bought some upgrades for that. And then yep. I, I couldn't tell you how much money I spent on lures for this tournament. It's it's an ungodly amount. I can tell you that. Like it, it, it on probably, lures, you said? What's that? On lures? Yeah, on fishing yeah, yeah, lures. Yeah. Like Me too. Just Me buying too. stuff that I didn't have. Um, to try (laughs) buying these big swim baits. One of the swim baits I went to cast and it like snapped and I lost that swim bait probably the first day. It was like a $12, dollars swim bait. Go to cast it and then it's going sails behind you instead of in front of you. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then it sinks like it's not a floating one and it just, of course not. Well, there went $12. (laughs) But... I definitely probably spent way too much money on, but I'll have those lures for next year, right? Uh, for sure. But I, like I said, I, I probably I needed to buy those things anyways, uh, and I'll like I said now I'll always have uh, those things. Um, and I did, like I said, I did different stuff as well. I mean, I went out, I night fished several nights. I, I didn't really have that much luck night fishing. I mean, I did catch some fish, but I never caught like a big fish at night. I caught a bunch of like your 15, 16 inch bass for some reason. Uh, I caught, caught them kind of on top water and then maybe like a little chatter, just some type of vibrating bait here and there. Um, I would throw out and caught a couple of fish doing that. So I didn't really have a lot of luck on the night, but I wasn't, when I, where I was night fishing at, it wasn't like a, a shallow water place. It was more of a deep water area. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but as far as me night fishing, just the places I went. And then I would have night fished some other places, but they're closed. 
like some of these places right by my house, like they close an hour and a half after oh, nice. uh, yeah. sunset. Yeah. So it's not like you can't spend, you can't stay out there all night long uh, to begin with. So I was kind of limited to on the places that I could fish at night. Uh, and I think some of those other places, I, I, I kind of would have been like you, like I'd have been thinking like, or fishing that heavy, shallow cover, lily pads, hydrilla, mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like that, where I think yep. it would have paid off more and your my success may have been better. But it also seemed like I was getting a lot of short strikes at night too. Like I would get strikes, but they weren't like full commit strikes. Like, I mean, sure. you know, when you're throwing a topwater and a bass just comes out and explodes on it. I wasn't really getting that at night. It'd almost be like, kind of like you said, like a little sucking motion, maybe kind of strike at it. I don't know if that was just because they were just reacting because that's what bass do. It's kind of, you know, you know what I mean? Kind of like a reaction right. strike uh, where they kind of, same thing with the crankbait. Like they say they're hoping to get that reaction strike. And a lot yep. of times they're caught uh, in the belly or on the side, not really in the mouth. Um, Cause the fish just kind of struck at it for a split second um, because it's instinctive. But that's what it kind of seemed like for me at nighttime. Uh, I can't uh, really say the nighttime fishing paid off for me, but maybe it will next year if I go to a couple of uh, other places. And I found other places that I want to try next year, which is kind of cool. And there's a bunch of places I'm going to try between now and then next year to go fishing and and not have the pressure of a tournament on me (laughs) because that kind of got in my head a little bit. was like, I can't try this (laughs) new place because – if I do and I go out and don't catch anything one day, then that's going to hurt me, which in the end it wouldn't have. It Who knows? Maybe, like I said, I could have gotten an upgrade that day or whatnot if I just would have stuck it out and went to some of those other places. But I think that's pretty much it, man. I, I had a great time. Somehow I ended up on top for the creators, which was crazy to me. I never thought I was the <laughs> front runner for that. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, and I would like, I mean, I'd like to commend all the creators that participated in this because those guys stuck it out and they kept fishing. It's not like that they just were like, okay, yeah, we're kind of involved. There were several of them that definitely put in a lot of time out on the water and they wanted that title. You know what I mean? They wanted the creator winner title. Like none of them were competing for winning the tournament either, but it was more of, you kept hearing like, oh, man, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Like, I kept hearing yep. that. Like, And I was yep. like, crap, I got to keep fishing, man. I got to keep fishing yeah. because these guys yeah. are not going to just give this title to me, <laughs> which was good because, like I said, I, I couldn't tell you how many times. I never kept track of how many times I went out, which it was a lot. And I never kept track. I wish I would have kept track of, like, how many fish I actually caught over the total of the tournament. Um, but it was a lot. It was a lot. I caught a bunch of it fish, was a which – yeah. Which was fun. I mean, it was still it was still great to get out and catch fish. But then, every now and then, you'd get disappointed when you'd pull in like a fit like a quality fish that didn't meet an upgrade. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh man, <laughs> so close. Like I would have rather have caught like a 12 inch bass than to catch one that was like a quarter inch below <laughs> what uh what what the neck what my upgrade was, which was kind of funny. I'm like, oh nah, <laughs> I need to. I just need to be excited about that I'm out here catching fish. And then I kind of got back into a group. Yeah. like, hey, man, you're out here in the great outdoors. I saw some cool stuff when you're seeing turkeys fly over your head and uh, hawks and owls and you're, you're hearing nature and just seeing some of the stuff that I got to see while I was out fishing. That, that made it all worth it to me as well. Um, yeah. So. So let's do this. Let's cap this off by just giving a thank you to all the different people that participated on this, from the sponsors to the creators. So first and foremost, you've got Cadence Fishing, Sportsman's Alliance, Tethered, Yak Attack, Such as Vacation Rentals, and and one that added just about a week ago. I told you guys we were still working on one. We were going back and forth. We finally got it hammered out, and I've got the prize from them sitting right here, and I guarantee you it's a doozy. On the Fly Outfitters from Southeast Georgia – Great fellas. Kyle Coleman helped hook us up on that one. The creators that participated in this, Southern Ground, Parker and Adam, thank you guys so much. The Whitetail Distraction Podcast, Austin and Charles and Brooke, guys, thank you so much for, for all the hype that y'all did this prior to the tournament, but just constantly being a good positive voice for me when I went through that 21-day stretch. And Southern Outdoorsman, Jacob, dude, you caught some awesome fish there at the tail end of things. 
and and I know your partner Andrew. He reached out to me today and said, "Dude, we had some some family things going on that kind of kept me from off the water and participating." But he already told me he's excited for next year. And finally, the Godfather of saddle hunting, G Two Outdoors, aka Greg Godfrey, for hosting us on Lake Seminole, showing us what a large bass looks like, and uh, just being an all around great guy. He 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 was one of the founding fathers of this idea. Chase and I went to him and said, "Hey, we're looking at doing this." And I told you before, he dumped gasoline on on a, a fire and just turned it into an inferno, and it really created this what it is. And all these guys are ready for next year. I can tell you right now, we are 100% committed to doing this next year with some tweaks. The dates might change. The criteria for winning might change. Who knows what's coming down the pipe? Um, Greg's you know, been talking about that a lot. And In fact, you and I got a conversation coming up with Greg here before too much longer, and there's just some awesome stuff coming down the pipe. And I just want to say thanks to everyone who listens to this podcast, who chose to participate in this. This event was all about you guys. And when I was feeling kind of blue for myself the other day, I really felt like I hadn't done what I was supposed to. My wife, the voice of reason in my life, said, Walt, this tournament wasn't about you. It was about the creators. And I said, you know what? You're right. And they had a good time. So I am proud of each and every one of you guys for getting out there and fishing, for participating. And I hope everybody looks forward to next year. You got anything to add to that? No, man. I just, like I said, same thing. Like, just thank you to everybody that participated. Um, your your money is going to be well used. I mean, some of it's going towards prizes. I mean, a good bit of it's going towards uh, conservative efforts with the Sportsman's yep. Alliance. Uh, we really appreciate $350. $350, $350 yeah. $350, $350 guys, we, going to the Sportsman's Alliance. That, yeah, we're giving yeah. 350 bucks to the Sportsman's Alliance with your help, which is awesome. Yep. Everybody kind of gets to pitch in. We, I, I'm I haven't heard anybody that said they had a bad time during this tournament. I nope. mean, everybody seemed like they were pumped. Everybody's ready for next year to get this thing kicked off. Yeah, so man. I, I, I want to thank you, Walt, for all of the effort that you put into this tournament. I mean, you definitely put a ton of effort in with the, the prizes and taking care of the, the Facebook page, group, uh, judging fish. I mean, you definitely did – uh, everything that uh, I needed you to do in this tournament, uh, for sure. So I, I want to go minus, out there. Minus and, catching fish. <laughs> yeah, minus <laughs> minus catching the fish part, which, hey, th- that is what it is. I, I can't yeah. Uh, yeah. can't put the fish on the line for you. But next year, hey, man, the the one good thing about this is, is next year you could be the most improved angler. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you could, if you go out and put 100 inches on the board, I mean, daggum, that's a 30-inch improvement. If I do it, it's only 11 <laughs> inches. I mean – so yeah. you might get most yeah. improved next year, um, for yeah. sure. But man, I appreciate line. everything you did for this tournament. Uh, a lot of people don't get to see all of the effort that you put in for it, all the behind the scenes stuff. You do kind of a lot of the the communication. You're more of the communication guy, uh, a part of this group. So I, I appreciate everything you did, and I'm glad this tournament kind of went off without a hitch. Well, thank you, man. I, it it was a good time. Everybody enjoyed themselves, and at the end of the day, this was one big thank you to them, and, and so they, they had a good time, and that's that's what matters. So, guys, I'm going to sign off, leave it there on that, on that wonderful high note. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating down below so that other people can find this, and do us a favor, as always, tell someone about the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast so that we can grow, so that we can bring you new content from across the country, Eventually, I have a dream of bringing you content on the regular from across the globe, and we'll get there, but with your help. Until next time, I'm Walt. I'm Chase. Y'all get outside and enjoy the great outdoors.